0: You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Well, good morning. Today is uh, our title, is called I'm Not Ashamed of the Gospel. Because the Gospel is always relevant in our time, the Gospel is always transformative. For those that receive the gospel, and then it's for those same people as they move around into the world, around them, empowered by the gospel. You notice all through the hymns, we heard these words about power. This is what the gospel is. The gospel is not literature, it's power. Power. So let's not miss that. And it's always the central message. It was for Jesus. It was for the early church. And it is for every Christian who's ever named Christ as their God. That's the gospel. The gospel matters because this is the good news of Jesus. The news of the Father crashing in to the history and into the story of humanity. And the telling of the good news has become the life work of the church. This is the fifth and final segment of our series of the greatness of the gospel. So now it's time to proclaim the good news. You know, the ancients would sing and proclaim. It was part of their habit. And I love one of David's, it's it's, uh, Psalm 40. And I'm gonna pick up verse five. I just wanna hear you hear how how David thought about the good news way back then. Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you have planned for us. None can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, there be too many to declare. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have opened. Burned offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, here I am, I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, my my God. Your law is within my heart. I proclaim your saving acts in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. I do not hide hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and your saving help. I do not conceal your love, and your faithfulness from the great assembly, do not withhold your mercy from me, Lord. May your love and faithfulness always protect me. You see, proclamation and praise to our God, to our creator and sustainer, that's been an identity marker for God's people from the very beginning. But they waited and longed to proclaim the news that we have, that God has returned with power to make his dwelling in us, He is our God, we are his people, and he dwells with us. They've been waiting to proclaim this, and we are living in this. So today we're going to really land on the title verse, which is Romans 1, 16 and 17. It says, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, Then to the Gentile, For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteousness will live by faith. The gospel is the power of God that brings salvation. Paul's letting us know that the gospel, the the good news, is just not one of a lot of other powers. It's the power. Is exclusive. It's the singular power that has smashed into our time and to bring salvation to the world. That right here, right now, the message of the gospel, the message that Jesus' love and mercy is the solution to the world's condition must be delivered to the world's aching heart. The person of Jesus Christ has stunned the world by coming to t- touch each and every heart one by one. And he does it through this church. Because right here and now, people are feeling a lack of hope. There's a lack of confidence and a struggle to trust. We have faith in government to protect us. We had faith in our social programs to protect us. The media pounds us with negatives. And when we finally hear good news later on, we find it's false. But every day, they tell us we're going to be okay. That it's going to be okay. But you know what? It's not okay. People are are killing themselves. Jobs and finances have become unstable. Mental illness and addictions are out of control. It's boiling over into our streets, and it's boiling inside the walls of our families. But you know what? This has been the story of mankind since way back in Adam and Eve. This has been going on for centuries. But God. You know that's my favorite. It was going to get in here somehow. But God sent his son. No, this look at this butt God. God sent his son, and this news of this good news of the gospel touches and heals each and every single one of those issues. And he does it with power to affect humanity in lasting and world-changing ways. We need to trust in the power of his word. We need the power of his promise, and we need to trust in the power of God. The power of the gospel is what people need to believe in and receive for the answers to the pain, for the answers to... And is a permanent place of joy in their hearts. We need to replace this, this fog with an absolute confident joy in the very center of us and push all these other things out to the periphery. 1 Corinthians, I just... I broke this up a little bit before I got start with verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But for to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Then we dropped to verse 23. We preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews, and foolishness to the Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jew and Greek, Christ, the power of God, The wisdom of God. So yeah, we proclaim the power of God in Christ. Want to hear it from Jesus? When Jesus looked at him and he said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. He doesn't say some things, most things, a few of these things. He says all things are possible. Love and pray your enemies. Yes, that's possible. Give generously, expecting nothing in return. Yes, that's possible. Patience, kindness, goodness. Yes, that's possible. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Absolutely, yes, that's possible. Live life fully in joy, peace, and hope. It's possible. It's powerful. It exists in us, in the dwelling of Christ. Power to trigger a transformation of living a new life in Christ is in us. Philippians 3, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that is <clears throat> that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection, and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in death, and so somehow attaining the resurrection of the dead. The power to die and be risen again is what Christ has for us by having done it on earth. Understand this. We are to die to self and be risen again, born again. To be resurrected from the dead and made alive in Christ. And that's the power we need. Yep, yep. You know what else? It's good news for everybody. It's good news for everyone who believes. You know, Paul proclaims this in, in Romans 3. And I just want to, you know, Romans is an interesting book. Paul writes this before he's ever been there. And he's before he goes, he wants people to know what's going on. He's wanting them to know about Christ. He's wanting them to understand Which story? There's a lot of stories that were developing in, in that area. Which one's the truth? But this was an area that was, it was full of different cultures, different economic statuses, free, slave, and they had a whole cornucopia of different gods. And so he writes this book to them. And in chapter three, he writes this This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all. Who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. That we're, understand, we're justified means we're made whole. We're made whole again. You know, sometimes we get in these tricky languages. It took me years. I hear all these Christians saying, I've been justified by faith. I'm just, I don't know what that means. And that's what it means. You've you're been forgiven and you're made whole. So, so, we just, like, we've just said that the good news is a cure for what ails us. Now we found out it's good for everybody. It's for everybody. If you walk down the street, every face you saw, or even didn't see you just passed it without even noticing them. Every single one of them is eligible for this great news. The hospitality of the gospel, an invitation to a life transformed, is a welcome message for everyone who believes and seeks access to the hope and saving power of Jesus. When we believe, the message begins to work within us by the Holy Spirit and the power of God replaces our dark, dead heart to one beating in tune with God, full of life, and yes, all things are possible. We just sang songs here that just hit me. Every time I hear chains breaking, I go back immediately to 2007, sitting in in a chair here in a group called Celebrate Recovery. Mike Mulvaney, as anointed as always, was singing that song. And chains were broken by the power of the good news, and you have the ability through Christ to be to be a part of this. Do you know anyone who could use a transformation? Everybody. You know anyone that could have that would be interested in a message that's relevant in their time right now? Everybody. Who has access to God? Through Jesus Christ, everybody. 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 The gospel is God's heart revealed. Do you understand? This heart of God is revealed through the gospel. It said we just read this: for the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed. This might be one aspect that changes us more than anything. In Christ, we see the completeness of the essence of God. Glory of God has come to earth. Second Colossians Colossians chapter 2 says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you've been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. The head of every power and authority. And we've been brought to fullness. You see, When you see, hear, and feel the person of Jesus Christ, you see, hear, and feel God, the Father. They are one in essence. There is no disagreement or divergence between the Father and the Son. The Father and the Son are not talking to each other to to convince one another to think the same way. They're identical. So our, our... advocate in heaven is not arguing with the Father to forgive you. Our advocate in heaven is there to repair the damage that's been done by our sin and bring us to the Father as one. The advocacy is not an attorney. The advocacy is sort of like a family counselor. Jesus is not here to make an apology for the Father or an excuse for the Father. He's here to reveal Him, all of them within himself. So We're being brought to fullness in Christ, and we're fully in the Father in a complete love relationship. One of the apostles named Philip, it's kind of comical on most of me, you read that section. In in John 14, you got to read that yourself. Jesus is telling them he's going to go someplace, and he tells them, you know the way. And then Thomas goes, no, we don't know the way. And then he tells him, I'm the way, the truth, and the light. And he gives him he gives him this, this little speech. And then you got Philip. He goes, well, Lord, just show us the Father, and that'll be enough for us. I was like, it, it, it's almost comical when you read it. But then Jesus answers him, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been with you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I'm in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. The heart of God is the same as the heart of Jesus. I know Putty Putman used to love to say, you love the Son, but you're you're kind of nervous about the Father. You've seen the Father with Jesus. His personality, his way of seeing... His plan to save all of his creation and to bring all the people to him in love and mercy is the same with the Father as it is with Jesus. It's the work of the Father to draw you to the Son, Jesus, and to enter into an eternal relationship with him. Jesus is the gospel, and the gospel is God's heart for his people, all people. Then I'm I'm not ashamed of the gospel. You can also put in there, I'm not afraid of the gospel. Because some people are a little ashamed because they're fearful of a reaction of what they'll say. So Paul's saying, when he's saying, I'm not ashamed of it, it means I'm going to boldly tell it. I don't care what you think. I'm not ashamed of this. The gospel is the name of what Jesus came to do to announce the good news. And it's an invitation for everybody. An invitation, now understand this, it's an invitation to a covenant love relationship with the Father. A relationship of healing, transformation by his love and compassion, him dwelling in us, and eternally changing us. The gospel is also the name of what we've become. Heralds announcing the good news of a gentle, sweet invitation sharing the joy of life in Christ. An invitation and carried with us everywhere we go to everyone we c- that can hear our voice. Matthew 28. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. And surely I am always with you to the very end of the age. He's with you when you start proclaiming too. Rely on him, don't rely on yourself. When you rely on yourself, all you're doing is giving street like street directions. When you're proclaiming it through Christ, you're giving them a pathway into life. This is a different thing. You've released the power of the gospel. This is so different. I wish we could all understand it, that when you speak something from the Word of God, God becomes present, and in his power, he's releasing on his behalf. All you are is an agent to do this. You're not going to convert anybody. That's the role of of, uh, the Holy Spirit. That's the role of Jesus, and that's the role of the Father. The Trinity is released by you, but you're Understand this. The person that you do not speak to may not be spoken to again for maybe 10 years and live a 10-year life of misery. God will eventually get to him. I, I trust in the God for that. But he may not get him tomorrow. You may have just sentenced that person to, the, to a life on this earth with the earth problems that we just talked about because you hesitated, because you were you were afraid of what the reaction might be. You know what? Uh, there's a famous theologian, Craig Keener. He was beaten nearly to death on the streets of New York proclaiming the gospel. And he said when he got up and got out of the hospital, he said, they, someone said, what are you going to do now? He goes, now I'm convinced I've got to do it. There's, a, there's an enemy out there. And I thought, what That's so Pauline. I almost flipped out when I heard him say that. I'm convinced there's an enemy out there now. <laughs> you know, we've been restored to imagers of God. And sharing in His image and likeness, we become relationally active in love and mercy to reach the lost and the weary. That's our role. The world's tired. It's hopeless. And it needs a Savior. And we're sharing all the riches of heaven when we share the gospel. And then by making disciples, we deposit those riches in them. What? I can see nothing more rewarding. Nothing more rewarding than seeing healthy, joyful people praising God with all their hearts with us. Can you think of anything more joyful? How many of you have ever seen one of your kids turn and come to Christ and then sing their first praise song? How many of you would rather see that than any other moment in their life. We've all got friends. We've all got family. And Isaiah probably said it best what happens. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. We must fix our eyes on Jesus to maintain our focus on the good news. Don't miss that. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't fix your eyes on some statistical pattern of how many people came to Christ because you talked to them. Don't fix your eyes on anything else, just Jesus. As we're made richer and fuller in the grace of Jesus, everybody around you benefits. They benefit from the love and the joy of your life. We're carriers of Jesus. We're carriers of the good news to each new face, whether it be our, to the community, to our cities, or states. One of my favorite is Hebrews 12. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, the word cloud could also be army of witnesses or just a big number of witnesses, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of the faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorned its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. This is what we're to do. Our race, there's something we're, we're running for. We're We're vying for the kingdom. And we do that by sharing the good word. This is is more than enough to be enough for our times. We can and we must believe in the power of the word, the word of the good news, to thrust us into change and, and into love and into glory. There's no purpose to have a church that, is not fo- that not include in its focus. I'm talking about a laser focus to share the greatness of the gospel. We're here to impact, offer, hope, and to bring the greatest message ever heard, the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the expression of love of a loving church. If you're not expressing this, you're not a loving church. You're a club. And we've got to become a loving church by sharing the gospel. Let's go back and listen to what what uh, David said. I desire to do your will, my God. Your law is within my heart. We can change that. We can say your very person is within my heart. To proclaim your saving acts in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. You know, you know that's I have had a heart for this for ever since I've been here. And this is something I, I just think that we really have to examine ourselves and say, why am I not proclaiming the good news? Why do I wait and wait till I really know somebody? And it's like I'm telling them a dark secret. Instead, telling them, this is who I am. This is something that's so important. You know, Easter's two weeks away. I want you to really, really consider something. I'm not joking about this at all. You need to be thinking about who you're inviting to Easter. And, I, I mean, we've got to become a church that invites. You may want to invite them to a small group. You may want to invite them to a Bible study, but you've got to invite them into the community of saints right here. Now, if they live far away, invite them into another community there. But you have to be in the habit of inviting people into the, into the greatness of the gospel. Because it's great, it's powerful, it's, it's unbelievable. Do the invita- send the invitations and see who shows up. The way I look at it because the Holy Spirit then acts on that the Holy Spirit handles the RSVPs As most of you know, I won't be here for Easter Um, Next Sunday will be my last Sunday here at the church Um, I've, I've accepted a position as a senior pastor in a church in southern Washington state so we have one person who comes all the way from Oregon just to see me, and I'm going there. I'm going there. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to be about an hour and a half from Beaverton. I, I don't, I'm i not exactly sure all of where all this stuff is. But, so, so up in Vancouver or St. Uh, uh, right, right, by St. Helen. Okay, all right. Gorgeous area. So, but, uh, you know, I'm going to miss all you guys. and, and But they're with, they don't have a pastor right now, and, and so that's where I'm going. And I hope to proclaim the gospel. And I hope that, that as, as you, know, you send me off, and probably send me off next week, that you, you instill in me to say, you know, you don't know anybody here, so you can't hurt anybody's feelings. You know, uh, it's, it's a mission that we have. You're saying, well, I'm not going to be a pastor. Well, you know what? All of us are priests. All of us are indwelled by the Holy Spirit. And all of us have two commands. One, love one another as I have loved you. Two, share the gospel. And if you say, I'm not real good at it, I'm sorry. It's not an option of what you're good at. The option is to pray into the Holy Spirit and say, how can you release the gospel through me? How can I help make disciples? How can I be a part of the kingdom of God to spread the kingdom, to make boldness a normal part of my life? And then the Holy Spirit will respond. So allow it to happen. Allow this power to to break off things in you that need broken off. All of us have them. Whether it be impatience, maybe something going on in our life that that is not right, if there's a level of impurity or something like that. We're, we're, We're receiving power today through the blood of Christ to be healed. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast.